you are able to decode and get certain mysteries from the pages of the scriptures. Now, we must understand that the Bible, as you see it, as I said, is the word of God. And <clears throat> in containing that word of God, that word of God is a spirit. And whoever is joined unto the Lord is the same spirit to the Lord. So spirit beings can now interpret the scriptures. Okay. Now, so tonight I want us to look at principles and laws for interpreting the scriptures. That is why I, I, I named today's session how to interpret the scriptures. <laughs> now, having been born again and having been made to understand how and what spirituality is, you need to get the principles through which you can understand the pages of the scriptures as they are. And I believe that you will come to light and understand a lot of things which we didn't use to. Now, our brother asked the question the last time that do I need to go and buy a bigger study Bible, all those books, before I can understand it? And I made reference that if you have the money, you can. But then now there are a lot of applications. Even the, the Bibles on our phones, they have search buttons where you can search for things to understand any subject matter you want to understand. <clears throat> so when you glean through the pages of the scriptures, you come across seven principles for interpreting the scriptures. And I'm believing God that within the space of these two hours, we can be able to deal with all of them. If need be that I take time to break them well, we can do it in two sessions. Okay, so principles and laws for interpreting the scripture. The first one I'll talk about is the law of first mention. The law of first mention. You see, even in our academic endeavor, in, the, in our quest to acquire knowledge, if you want to understand any concept, you want to understand anything in the sphere of life, mostly you begin to look at when first or who was the first person to whether carry out a research or do something about that? Typical example is this coronavirus. Since it came, people have been going to go into history to tell us how things were done, how that virus behaves. Has it, got, has it been in existence before? If it has been, how did it come? How was the spread? You see, so we look at the past, how the things have been used to be able to make an informed decision into the present and the future. Now, similar thing applies to the Bible. When you open the Bible to read, any subject matter that you want to study, you have to first have in, in mind, when first was that thing used? The reason is that how the word was used, how that word was used initially becomes a principle for the categorization of that subject matter in subsequent scriptures you open to. So that, for example, if you want to read and study anything, if you read Genesis very well, you will see that everything and every truth which you want to establish, the seeds are in Genesis and the harvest is in Revelation. Now, failure to understand this principle, it becomes difficult to understand certain things. And that is the reason why many people, 
pick words and then they begin to jumble with it and confuse others, putting fear in people. But I'm believing God that tonight you will know a lot. Now, for instance, when you take the word sanctification or holiness, you have to ask yourself, when first was the word sanctification or the word holiness mentioned? Now, you must understand that in the scriptures, the word sanctification and holiness, they are used interchangeably. To sanctify, that is to set apart, is the same as holiness. Now, if you know the, the, the way the word was first mentioned, you know the context through which it was used. Then subsequently, anywhere you see that word, you realize that the application of that word is in reference to how it was used the first time it was mentioned. Now, for instance, let's go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 3. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 3, Bible said, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. And God blessed the, the seventh day and sanctified it because, because that's in it. He had rested from his work, which God created and made. So the first time the word sanctification was mentioned, it was talking about a day being separated and set aside for rest unto God. I would say he sanctified and blessed that day. And then he rested in that day. Why? Because the works that he had done, that was the day of rest. And he set the day apart. You must understand that in the scriptures, sanctification or holiness is not opposed to sin. Because... In looking at the reference to holiness or sanctification in the scriptures, the first time it was mentioned, there was no place for sin. Sin had not entered the world. If you are going by the chronology of the scriptures, how it has been arranged. So you see that holiness or sanctification and sin has no bearing. That does not mean that we should rejoice and sin. No. But we should understand the principles to which the, the subject matter ought to be understood. Now, in the scriptures, when we talk of sanctification or holiness, the last time I explained that, the Bible said that we have become partakers of his holiness. The reason is because once a man comes to Christ, he is set apart for the master's use. And being set apart, there are some things he doesn't do. So the believer does not sin, not because it is sin, but he doesn't sin because it is not in his nature to sin. By his nature, he has been set apart and he has come into the class of God. Now, in that class of God, sin is not part of his nature. But in that class, the nature he possesses is the nature of holiness because he is set apart for the master's use. So, the first time that word was used, you see the word being used in reference to setting apart of a day. Now, if you like, when we are done, go through the page of the scriptures and look at any place the word sanctify, the place holiness was used. You will see that it is in reference to setting something apart, separating something from the others. And I said that holiness is, God is holy because holiness is opposed to commonness. In the world, everything that you see is common. Only God is uncommon. So in his uncommonality, he has brought us into his place. That's what the Bible said that when a man comes to Christ, he becomes a partaker of God's holiness. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. He has made us partakers of his holiness. In 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Bible said that we have become partakers of his divine nature. Now, in that divine nature, God is a spirit. God is holy. Now, so when you look through the Bible, the Bible said that be holy. You see, be holy. It means that the tendency and the ability to be holy is resident in the man. The word is, is to be. And when you conjugate the word to be, you have I am. He is. She was. They are. So you are holy. That is why you have become a partaker of that holiness. 